Hi there. Welcome to Get On My Lawn with Ben Klein. I'm your host, Ben Klein, and I have the great luck to be able to talk with some really interesting, successful people. I pick their brains and learn what sort of thoughts, habits, beliefs, and relationships have helped them become successful and, more importantly, happy entrepreneurs. It's not every day you come across someone willing to open up and tell you the blueprint to their success, so I hope you'll take advantage of the opportunity to listen in as I peel back the layers and invite some fascinating people to get on my lawn. Hi, John. Hi, Ben. Welcome. Thanks for uh, being here for the first installment of my podcast here. Very cool. I'm here with John Terry of Jade Stone Home Inspections. And uh, super happy to have you here, man. Thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. This is fun. Yeah, definitely. So let's chit-chat what's on your mind. Yeah, so this. Uh, so what I want to do is learn about the nuances of entrepreneurship, number one, but also success in general. You know, and success could mean whatever you want to mean. Um, I want to dig down and find out, like, how you got to where you are because I know that you're successful in my eyes, happy, mm-hmm. and it shows and you're positive in the world around you. So I want to know about how that happens organically with all kinds of different people. Does that make sense? It totally does. And, and I don't think it's the same for everyone. I think it's, it's different. It's a different path. Um, and some of us don't get on the path, unfortunately. But um, if you find a path that works for you, that, that helps you... Uh, achieve whatever you consider success or mm-hmm. which I think is a really good point Ben because we all define success a little bit differently whether it be monetary or or happiness or or uh, possessions or or lifestyle lifestyle right? so it's probably yeah. the big one mm-hmm. uh, is lifestyle and I know that one of my best friends that I followed in his footsteps for him it was lifestyle it wasn't a dollar amount it was the things that, that those dollar amounts would provide. And allow him to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Tra- for me, it's travel. I like to travel. I like culture. I like to go around the world. So for me, as long as I can make enough money to travel mm-hmm. and keep my daughter in, in a super cool school, oh, that's success, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for a dude from DuPage, that's good enough, man. Okay, yeah. well, that's a good. That's awesome. So we're going to focus in on that. Cool. You're from DuPage. Um, you own Jadestone Home Inspections, who we actually use all the time. How did you come to own that coming from, you know, just a guy from DuPage? How'd you come to be a business yeah, owner? Yeah, the neighborhood I grew in, it was actually right at the right at the edge of Cook and DuPage. So you've got Rosemont, the Rosemont area. Once you get west of that, you're DuPage. Right. And I know I always related. It was really cool, too, because when you grew up in that area, in Rosemont uh, or, or the Bensonville, Elmhurst area, you, you have the best of both worlds. You have your city influences, Franklin Park in the east. And then you have your, your your Western influences. But either way, around us, the most common thing was you were either going to be in the trades, because mm-hmm. trades were very popular in the high schools over there, right. um, or a musician, and I was a musician. So uh, uh, and then later, moved to California, and I came back here, and just bartending and playing in bands. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I, w- I want to get back in. I want to get in a trade. I need to choose a trade. Mm-hmm. So I think it was 20, or it was uh, 1999, and... Um, uh, I couldn't just bartend. Even my the guy who owned the bar is like, JT, you gotta do something else, dude. You can't just bartend here, man. You, you know where your life's getting ahead. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. So <laughs> hit up a buddy. I'm like, hey, man, doesn't your dude, buddy own an interior install company? He's like, yeah, cool. I'm like, well, can I jump in? 
So I jumped in, things took off from there. I was like, oh yeah, carpentry. This is perfect for me. Because yeah. I love taking things apart, I love putting them back together. Like this is awesome. So I get, I tend to get pretty good uh, at things pretty quickly if I get involved, mm -hmm. uh, and I did. So, so eventually, you know, within a couple of years, now I was running jobs, and then I jumped in the union. I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to do this, I'll jump in the Chicago union. So that's what it was. It ended up being about 15 years of professional carpentry, including my my stint with the Chicago union. Um, learned a lot, made money, uh, but that's that's. It takes a toll on your body, man. Yeah. You, yeah. When you, when, if you're a high-paced worker like I am, um, and like we had to be, you beat your body up pretty bad. It's like being an athlete. You're just gonna beat your body up, and it's up at 5 a.m. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Painkillers. Get through the day. Cigarettes. Whatever drugs you can get into your body to get you through the day and we right. use them all you know people would go hey does your company drug test and we'd go oh yeah yeah it was about five minutes ago you missed it yeah yeah and you'd be like break you missed it yeah uh so whatever we could do to get through the day and then i saw the the older guys who were retiring and they were the ones that were always kind of feeding me the bikes or whatever you know i can't get i know you blew your knee out you'll be fine jesus christ get here take two of these you'll be fine yeah and then that was just spiraling downhill and, and my positivity was gone. Uh, uh, there's a, a, a therapist that, 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 that I really, really dig, this dude. And one day he goes, man, what happened to your aura? You used to have this cool aura, and it's just gone. And that's a therapist saying it. And I was like, <gasps> yeah. that really hit home. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I had an aura? Cool. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> so now I'm like, I gotta go find the guy in war again. Um, so I had to make a change. I just mm -hmm. had to get out of it because I couldn't stand up straight anymore. Uh, the, the, I, suck down painkillers or with pharmaceutical or over the counter it didn't matter anything to get through the day yeah um and all my positivity was pretty much fake mm -hmm. it was just me pretending so you you mentioned that like you pick stuff up quickly and mm -hmm. and yep. i imagine part of that's because you're enthusiastic about what it is you're doing right part, i know for me I, too man i mean my, i have a whole family of nerds we're all nerds in my family yeah okay so i mean it's just in intelligence but it's like it's not easy to pick something up if you don't care about it right yeah right so like yeah. so you've got some sort of passion for i mean when you said you know i like picking stuff taking stuff apart and putting it back yeah. together you like stood up and like clenched your fists like i knew i know that you meant that you know well, it's a pretty good time yeah. yeah if you want to know how something takes take it apart yeah. yeah so so when you combine that with you know that idea with with kind of what you were just saying about how you lost it sounds like you, you didn't say you lost passion but it sounded like it took a toll on your body and you weren't positive anymore. Why weren't you positive anymore? Like, how, right. how did that happen? Because it was just uh, the abuse, the drinking, the, 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 the constant alcohol, the constant cigarettes, mm. anything to get through the day. Any happiness was really forced. It was all induced. It was chemically induced, basically. Yeah. Uh, so that was gone. And then it was like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I got to make a change. I got to make a change. And luckily, my wife was super, super supportive. And she was like, dude, well, think of something that you want to do. And it took years. Mm -hmm. And I tell my partner all the time, he's one of my best friends. And, and, and at times I'd go, man, I got, I got to do something else, bro. This isn't, this isn't, I can't continue to do this another 20 years. There's no way it's not going to happen. Right. And then finally, after a couple of years, I thought I'd get into real estate because I love real estate. And I started, you know, what I did then is I started remodeling some condos in the South Loop. Um, you know, don't record this, but <laughs> uh, in 08, things were pretty shitty. And if you were a carpenter, a lot of us got laid off, foreman, everybody got laid off for the most part for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, 
so as long as nobody, as long as you didn't get caught, maybe you found a little bit of work to do on the side, um, mm-hmm. so they weren't just living off of uh, uh, unemployment because that kind of sucked anyway. Yeah. And so I remodeled condos to get them ready for showings. Mm-hmm. So uh, agent would say, "Hey, I need to get this place ready for photos," and I'd say, "Give me one week." Right. And I could do it in one week. I'd have the floors redone, the walls, everything, repair everything, and uh, and get it ready uh, for inspections too. Okay. And and I loved it. And I'm like, yeah, man. I had my tunes going, got my tools. I worked at my pace. Yeah. Uh, maybe hired a couple of kids to come help me clean and things like that. Uh, that was fun. That I really dug. Mm-hmm. So then I realized, I'm like, man, maybe I should just get back into that or get into real estate. But the truth is, once I started really thinking about it, real estate agents are spot on all the time. You, you know, you guys got to take stuff that and just take it out of the chin and, oh, well, I worked with that client for four weeks and, and nothing. She decided right. I didn't want to buy. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. oh, well, find another way to pay my bills this month. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I, I, I don't know if I'm that good. Mm-hmm. I go, but I can, I can check and make sure everything's cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, inspections. It was with my realtor. She goes, you make a great inspector. And I'm like, let me look into it. Mm-hmm. Changed everything, bro. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. But I went in head first, man. This wasn't something where I was like, and a DuPagean in me was like, oh, well, let's find a cheap course. And how, what's the cheapest I can get certified? My wife's a North Shore girl. She's like, no, dude, no. Yeah. You go to the best school in the country. I don't care how you have to do it. We'll figure out a way to pay for it. And you do everything as good as you can possibly do. And I was like, well, that's cool, man. Yeah. That was way better uh-huh. than what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then, so necessity kind of pushed you into making a change and then yeah, that change kind of... Yeah, put it. Necessity pushed me into it. Yeah. And then from there, you just kind of gravitated towards something that allowed you to do things on your terms and the way you like to do them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then home inspections popped up, got your license, and then what happened? Uh, I got the license, but then I didn't want it to go in a half-assed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm very big on reputation. My own business partner, my buddy, he's the same way. Always think about your reputation. Think about how you're presenting yourself, uh, what people are going to say about you afterwards. Mm-hmm. Always keep that in mind and then become that. Like, what do you want people to say about you? And become Make that. them say it. Yeah, that's that's a great referral philosophy uh, is try to envision what you want people to say after they've left your presence or to think about you and then be that. I like that a lot. Yeah. That shows that, that that's how you act, you know, is which it, is why I refer you to so many clients because they all say awesome things about you when you leave. Yeah. Awesome. You know? Yeah. That's great. Oh, that's so, what so it's working. That's exactly what I hear. <laughs> no, that's working. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, I don't know if that was off topic. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, that's what I want. So, so you started doing it. Reputation's important. Yeah, reputation then... was key. So now it's build a reputation. Right. Yeah. Now it was okay. I need to be good. Mm-hmm. So I, I did I think fifty inspections before I ever charged for one because I needed to make sure I was worth the money once somebody paid me. And I'll be honest with you, the first inspection I did that I charged it was a large home, and I know later that I missed some stuff that I, I, I now would catch, of course. Right. Uh, and I, I kind of want to go find that guy and go, "Hey, I owe you an inspection, dude. You know, <laughs> that's my first. You didn't know. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, but it was still pretty good. Um, there was twenty something guys in my class through A Hit, and only two of us are licensed inspectors. This wasn't an easy program to get through to get certified through A Hit. A Hit A Hit is uh, American Home Inspector Training Institute in Wisconsin. It is not. Uh, 
you know, oh yeah, we'll just push you through and yeah, just pass that test and pass that. There you go. Here's your certificate. No, there's a lot to know. Yeah. There's boot camps available. Um, and a lot of guys didn't make it through. They spent a buttload of money on that class and never even went to the next stage. So once I passed that test, that nice two and a half hour test in Illinois to get my inspector license, which was tough, um, then it was, all right, how do I get good? So mm-hmm. I just, I called everybody, family, friends. Hey, are you guys going to be out of the house? I need to be in the house for like eight hours. I just need to be in your house. For, I'm going to take your first part. I'm going to pull the electrical service panel apart. I'm going to go on the roof. I'm just going to basically mutilate your home while you're gone. If that's cool with you, yeah. and they let me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got good. Okay. Yeah. And the next thing was, was now how do I actually report? Inspecting is different than reporting. Tell me about that. Yeah. <laughs> good. I'm glad we came to that because it is, a, there's a, a line between the two. Um, you can be a good inspector uh, and go find things that need to be addressed and that can be problematic down the road or a problem right now and, and, and learn how to identify it. It's like a, a matrix. You know, you know when you see like a grid, mm-hmm. you imagine a black background, you put a white grid on it and you go and you're just looking for anything that's wrong. You see these little red and yellow lights pop up and you're like, that's not right, that's not right. That's, right. that's what you try to create in your head as you mm-hmm. walk through the room. Any inspector or con- good contractor can kind of learn to do that. You can create that as as your training goes on, but you have to learn how to communicate that information. That's the key. Mm-hmm. How do you communicate that information? And traditional inspections, they didn't really need to communicate it. It was just here's your report. Um, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. Um, and that's how my inspections were. <clears throat> Great guys, they were good inspectors. When on my properties, I thought. Um, but I, I thought there was something missing there. I wanted to do something else. So that's when I had to find, that's when I found my niche. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So what would you say your niche is and how did you decide on that? And then how did you put that into action? You know what I mean? Because yep. you're, you're doing the same, theoretically, you're doing the same thing as the next guy right. who charges 50 bucks more, 50 bucks less. So what it, what is it that makes that? that makes you different? Why did you choose that to be your difference? Um, because when I started real life, it was brokers, it was agents, it mm-hmm. was comments from agents. Because I, when I was explaining something to a buyer, a client, <clears throat> I could tell they were gonna get freaked out about something. And I heard other inspectors that I had followed, I followed other inspectors around too. Mm-hmm. And when they'd see it, you could clearly see that the buyer was getting a little freaked out about something that I'm thinking, man, that's a 20 minute fix. I can fix that in 20 minutes. Why, why are we getting upset about this? You know, or, or even, a, even a weekend, a weekend repair, new caulking around the windows. Well, that doesn't mean the house is full of mold. It means it's ready for new caulking. Um, so I kept that stuff to myself. Once I started explaining to somebody, it wasn't, oh yeah, this place is gonna need some new caulk. I, I don't even know how the walls are still standing here. The caulking's so bad. Right. Uh, you know, like why? Well, you don't need to say that. Um, and I didn't say it like that. Instead, I chose to do it differently. And I was like, hey man, you know, on a good weekend when it's nice out, tear all this caulking out, spend a hundred dollars on some silicone to recalk all these windows, man. Keep that moisture out. And they're like, oh yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. that response all of a sudden was way better and productive than, oh geez, the whole house needs to be caulked. No, man, it was in windows on the first floor or something, you know? Right. Don't let things get crazy. And that's, and then the brokers started saying stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, that's right. That's not the common way to to report to these buyers what's going on in the home. Right. So maybe that's my niche. 
So, so communications. Communication is key, key man. And yeah. for our clients, mm-hmm. um, they, 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 if you find a place that's got checks off seven out of the ten things that you dig, mm-hmm. um, are you going to turn it down because it had a list of fixable problems? No, man, don't because the next house is going to have them too. Right. That's crazy. Right, but I might if the inspector makes me. Th- Think that I should turn it yeah. down. Yeah, oh, vertical crack in the foundation. I don't know how this house is standing. Right. Really vertical crack. Right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay. So, yeah. so is that is that a do you see that as a big problem with with being a business owner? I like, saw it in the, the negativity. I used to go to a lot of meetings with inspectors, and, and you can't help but feel the negative vibe. Everyone disagreeing with each other might as well be a political convention. Just everybody's so convinced they're right, and everybody disagreeing. Mm-hmm. It was, not my bag, man. It wasn't for me at all. Yeah. I'd rather just study and find out all the options of fixing stuff, not not who to blame for it not being right. Right. But the positivity, Ben, man, that's that's the key. Yeah. You know, okay. You know, there's all kinds of philosophies on positivity in business. Right. You know, there's the secret. <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to get cheeky about it. Uh, all I know is for me it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So being a business owner, what, what do you think – Maybe that maybe you just answered my question, but what what do you th- what's the biggest challenge being a business owner? For me, yeah, accounting. I'm not into money and yeah. accounting and numbers. Don't like it. I'm not interested. Okay, <clears throat> so you don't want to mess with. You want to you want to be in the field. Like yeah, you want to get your hands dirty. Yeah, I I am in class. I like class time. I like studying. Like oh, what is that? I don't know. I've never seen it. Now I get. 20, 30 minutes of studying something new that I didn't even know about, that's cool, and being in the field. But the, the business part and all the legal stuff, dude, I'll tell you what, that's what I don't like, is you have to protect yourself, you have to have you know inspection agreements and um, legal protection. Um, that stuff nags me out, man, so I try not to think about it. <laughs> is that just something that now you've got, you know, you've got some templates for your inspection agreements and, dude, and it's, it's just easy now, or is there still like a... I made it easy. Technology's made it really easy to run yeah. business now. Okay. Yeah. Right now. So what's the, what else would make your job easier if you could change one thing about it's it? It's funny because I, I was thinking about that recently. Um, if you had asked me 10 years ago, <laughs> if I was doing this inspections, 10 or even 15 years ago, let's go 15 years ago, there'd be a whole list that I'm sure inspectors were going, oh, I need this and we need that and we need this. We happen to live in a very cool time, man. We've got all that stuff now. Mm-hmm. I run my entire business off an Android. I don't even have to open my laptop. I don't transfer inspections to a laptop. It's all off of my phone. Yeah. You get your report before I even move on to my next appointment of the day. Yeah. Um, there's my point being, man. There's not much that can make my job easy any easier. It's pretty freaking easy right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a good time to be in this industry, <laughs> as well as probably a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't want to take it for granted. I I I, I think it's super super cool. That I'm not really going. Well, if I just had this, my business would be better. No, I got it all, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. That, that's an easy answer. Then good. Yeah. I, I don't think you see very many people that can say that. You know. Yeah. Think I about no that. Complaints about my business at all. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. And I love the clients. Mm-hmm. I love meeting the clients. We're, our topics are always cool topics. I want. We're getting excited about the house. Uh, um, I get to see my, my family in the morning and in the evening, so I'm not gone at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. I get to get up, get them out, off to school, or I'll run my daughter to school or something, and then go work out, and, and, and then uh, uh, go to my first appointment and be like, look at this freaking place, man, this is yeah. cool, you know? <laughs> uh, it's pretty exciting, man. It hasn't gotten boring yet. That's good. Yeah. That's real good. Yeah. 
So everyone that I talk to, whether it's home inspector, realtor, guy who works in a bank, like, you know, police officer, all of them say that the relationships you have are kind of what dictates your, your ultimate outcome. I imagine it dictates your day to day, how happy you are, how successful you are, how stressed you are, you know, blah, blah, blah. So what, um, how do you start new relationships with people and how do you kind of nurture the existing ones that you have to keep your business moving forward and to stay happy doing what you're doing? Yeah, it's a really good question because it's so important in what I do. Those, the, the building relationships is huge. Um, and luckily, again, I'm in a cool industry where I don't have to poach uh, brokers from other inspectors. It's not like that. And I'm, I, I wouldn't even worry about somebody else. If you, if somebody said, oh, I'm going to go with another inspector, I'm like, all right, all right, cool. Like, I'm not going to be offended. I'm thinking, all right, so good. You've got what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, because that relationship with that, that, dude, my relationship's all brokers. I love it. I, the, so the way I see it, your real estate agent, that is your quarterback. That's the one who's got all the plans, understands what's involved, makes all the moves, tells everybody what to do, coordinates everything, works around the clock, and that's your go-to person if you're buying or selling, right? Mm-hmm. All the inspector is is the extra point kicker. I'm the dude that comes in and goes, yeah, let's do this, yeah. you know? Uh, so the relationship with the agents for me was huge. I know other inspectors that wasn't um, the goal because there's other sources, online sources. I like relationships, man. I like building relationships. And I know some some agents that I try to build relationships that didn't work mm-hmm. in the city uh, because of my personality or maybe I, I certainly talk too much. I, I know that puts people off. Um, but that's good. At least I know then the people who like me the way that I am, uh, we've got a bond. We've got a, there's a trust. Involved. Yeah. You can trust me. You can trust that you can tell me something and I'm going to make the adjustment without being offended. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to offend me. I'm a pretty hard person to offend. So if that trust is there, that you can tell me whatever you need to tell me, um, I'll make the adjustments. I'll, I'm a team player. So that, you, dude, you can't have a team without relationships. You have to build relationships. You don't even have to like each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to have that relationship of, of trust, respect, all that. I love it, man. I love the relationships with the brokers and the clients. Like, you've seen me work, man. I want to get to know the buyers. I'm only with them for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I want to know a little bit of something about them. You know, like, what do you do? Right. Why are you in Chicago? Uh, you know, there's always something interesting that's going to pop. Something's going to pop. And I'll take it home with me on the way home and be like, ah, that's cool. <laughs> you know, my daughter right. will ask me, anything hey. interesting today? Funny you should ask. So you're just interested in people. And that's really how am, that's how you would you say especially when we're in our when we're in our interesting modes, man. You know, and it's not negative stuff. And yeah. you know, we're pretty interesting. People are interesting, dude. You're an interesting dude. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, thanks for saying so. Yeah. Uh, how do you find? Some people seem really boring, right? So how do you find the interesting stuff about that person? I mean, asking questions oh, is one way, but boy. like, person's the best, man. How do you draw that out, man? It's really hard to do that. I want to be better at that. So how do you get people to? Tell you the interesting stuff about it. How do you ask something when they're boring on the surface, the boundary and when they you. think they're boring? Yeah. Okay. Good. I think the key is not making sure you don't overstep a boundary. Because yeah. I've, I've sure I've done that at times, and then I got to pull myself back and go, all right, all right easy, dude. You know, yeah. just you're 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 dr- drilling too much, prying. You're pry- over yeah. prying. Um, but when I'm not over prying, I'm just trying to find out where they're at. You know, like. Uh, um, 
that lawyer, there was that lawyer who you would think there's this stereotype of a lawyer, and yet this girl was completely opposite of that stereotype. That's really interesting, Mm -hmm. but that was an easy one. Let's go with somebody who is a little, what might be considered uh, demure. Yeah. Uh, and and you would have a hard time to get information. Man, I can. I'm gonna ask questions. I was saying, hey, where are you from? Oh, really? What's it like there? And then you keep asking. Eventually, something interesting is gonna pop, and you're gonna go, wait a minute. There's a Lego house in the town, and you were there. <laughs> it's made out of Legos. Right. And they're like, oh my god. And oh, here it comes. You wouldn't believe. And who knows? It's prying, dude. It's just prying. Yeah. You pry enough, something interesting is going to pop. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you'll find out like uh, some school teacher is a die-hard Zeppelin metalhead. You're yeah. like, really? What's your favorite concert? Like, okay, best concert was, you know, no, now it's not a, she's not a school teacher. She's a music fan. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. I like that. Um, you mentioned waking up in the morning, you know, you, you, it sounds like you like the freedom that your job offers you. Yep. Got, I'm sure you've got some daily habits that you do every day. Yep. What are they? Coffee. All right. <laughs> so my daughter's usually up before me, mm-hmm. and I can hear her getting ready for school, and she'll be singing and humming in her bedroom and getting dressed, and I'm like, ah, time to get up. So, so that's the cool thing I've got going in this part of my life right now is I hear the daughter get up, mm-hmm. or I'll hear her Alexa talking to her or something, and her humming, and then so then I'll, I'll come to you. And, uh, and I go hit the coffee maker, and I start making her, her uh, uh, breakfast, because I like her to have a breakfast in the car, and I like making it. So that's my first part of the day, and it's immediately into a good mode. Besides, i got a lot of sunlight in the house, too. So I've I got windows on both sides of the kitchen and the living room. So as soon as I pop out there at 7 a.m., all that light starts coming in. You're like, hey, so beautiful day. You know, yeah. what do you got in store for me, man? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so the... That morning ritual is pretty important. It's simple. It's pretty important to me, though. So yeah. I got to have that. Uh, coffee's going, and then we'll go wake up my wife and, and kind of get our plan for the day. My daughter and I come up with a topic. My daughter's the biggest nerd in the family, and that's saying a lot because it's effectively nerds. But we'll, today, like today, we had a topic. Every day we're going to have a topic in the morning, and then we kind of chew on that a little bit, and then we meet at the end of the day, and we go, anything? You know, and sometimes it's like, no, nothing. What do you mean? What's today's topic? Uh, today's topic was ah, uh, high school. So on the way, to, on the, it's an hour drive from my house to school in the morning. It's it's a long drive, mm-hmm. and uh, or forty minutes. So so we we have some time, and she goes to a, a private school. So I try to explain to her what public school. We all try to tell her what public school is like, and she goes. So I imagine that it's blah 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 blah. And so I said, okay. So the topic then for today was identifying. Uh, clicks because she goes oh, there are a lot of clicks like in television shows and movies and high schools and she goes I imagine there are yeah. and I said oh my gosh there's so many clicks and they and I said they're really cool too and they change over the generations like in my generation if you were a jock you couldn't be a metalhead mm-hmm. you couldn't be in two clicks it was me and a few other dudes were the only ones who were athletes that were metalheads and artists and nerds you know right. it wasn't a very popular thing to be in all those clicks and then that changed 90s generation and 2000s generation Athletes were listening to metal. You know, that was cool. You know, you could be in theater and be an athlete. You know, that was mm-hmm. really neat. Uh, you know, of course, Glee, the, the great show, showed us that, you know. <laughs> uh, but, um, so that's her topic for today is identifying cliques yeah. so that when she does go to high school, she can avoid them. 
<laughs> Interesting. Yeah. What are some other topics? And that, that I've never—I don't know anyone else that does that. Uh, like that well, we do a lot of safety hazards, and we do philosophy. My daughter's big into philosophy and history, so she's a history buff. So uh, yesterday was Marie Curie. Uh, so, so my daughter—we were playing a game with letters, and like when we got to P, she said uh, 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 Pierre Curie, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh. She didn't even go with the other. She went with, like, there was all these other P's. I was getting double points on in the car. And she goes, Pierre Curie. And I'm like, that is good. She went to a, the husband, Marie Curie's husband, I know, who name. got all the credit for, not all the credit for the work she did, but he got um, radium. Basically, she discovered radium. Yeah. And, uh, and, but he got the credit because the society wouldn't allow for a woman to get that kind of credit back mm-hmm. then. And uh, so we talk about that a lot too, is, is, is social imbalances and, and how we've come so far in such a short period of time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, she's very good. At, she's a great person to talk to about anything that has to do with historical characters and what they've meant later uh, and, and the positivity they brought to us later past their death. Interesting. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obscure topics are fun. Yeah. You'll find something interesting in it. Yeah. yeah. Something obscure. But a daily topic is, is good. And, and you might not come up with anything, but dude, now I can, there's times where I'll just go get in my, in, in my vehicle to leave and I'll see something and go, ah, that falls right into the topic that we had this morning. You mm-hmm. know, so it gets fun. So that's part of the routine is come up with a topic in the morning. Yeah, my yep. dad keeps you sharp too. That's probably good for her because she's talking about all kinds of stuff that kids wonder about. Google never talk about with their parents. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, and my daughter never stops talking. <laughs> I like like, yeah. like father like daughter. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, so if you were if this was your podcast, what would you have asked yourself? I've got, you know, I've got a little short yeah, list here, but I know one. there's stuff that that you would be curious about yep. if you were talking to you. What is it? What are they? Well, because you're, we're talking about entrepreneurship and, and developing something uh, on your own, and, and then of course now we dove into like what's your personal way of doing it. Uh, that that I think contributes to success, and I think that's I think you know, overall here that we should come back to is, is going to encompass that. You know, what is your what was your personal path towards success? Because mm-hmm. uh, we just you, you just kind of forced me to think of a couple of those things right there. Um, I think the question I would ask is: Is there something you'd rather be doing? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you'd rather be doing? Because often the answer is going to be yes. I want to be doing this instead, um, but you have to say it first. You have to come to grips with it, say it, and now you can start putting it in action. Yeah. Now you can do it. You could be like, uh, yeah, bartending, and finally I said, you know what, I want to be in real estate. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to say it first. Yeah. Now you can start putting things into action. Get, get on with it. Yeah. Um, so I would ask, what, is there anything else you'd rather be doing? In my situation, there really isn't. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you the kind of guy who like writes your goals down or on a whiteboard somewhere? Like you follow like the path of like, no. say it out loud, write it down. No, no, not track at it. all. No. No, not, no. Interesting. God, I'd be so much more uh, financially successful, I think, <laughs> if I did. I know that's what my partner does. Yeah. Um, and, and successful people around me, I know they're very adamant about that. Uh, write your goals, work towards that goal, do all the increments that, that take to get to that goal. So that's why I understand that that's, that's a route to go. But when I say that, you got to say it out loud. I'm, I'm, I get to the first step basically, and then I'm like, let's see what happens next. Yeah. You know, 
<laughs> just get moving. Like in other words, I never really know what direction I'm going to go. I just keep my feet moving. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, a lot of people have a direction and they focus on that. I'm more of an artist. I've been an artist my whole life. My idea is just get moving. Grab your resources as you go and see where you end up. Right. Just get moving. Mm-hmm. Do something. Don't sit there. Go. That's great advice. Don't worry about where just you're going to end up. Just get moving. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that helps for athletes too because in football, we used to say, if you're hurt, get up. Get up. If you're hurt, uh, and I learned that firsthand. The first time I busted my thumb in a tackle, it was either go to the sideline and cry about it or jump back into play. If you jump back into play, it doesn't hurt that much. You don't even right. really notice. You got bigger things to worry about. If you, you're on the sideline, you know what you're focused on? Your broken thumb. Yeah. Yeah, no, you got to keep moving. <laughs> you know, and I hurt myself a lot, and I've learned just get up and walk, 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 go, 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 go. Yeah. Okay, that's... Yeah, so I think if that answers your question, it's not a matter of setting a goal of where I want to be. I just want to get moving. Yeah, right on. So how did you come to realize that? Did you read a book, told you that? Or is that just something that you've recognized from doing it naturally? So Doing it naturally, you know? naturally football. Yeah. Yeah, as a kid. Right on. Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of books, I just made my own segue. You see that? Okay. <laughs> what, are there a couple of... If, there, if there's two books that you would tell me to read tomorrow, what... What are they? Yeah, if you want to focus, if you're going to build, a, if you're going to build a business for yourself, and as as an entrepreneur, uh, there's so many books to go to. But if you're going to need to make relationships, and you're going to need to network, that's where Ivan Meisner comes in. So Ivan Meisner. Ivan Meisner. He's the one who developed uh, Business Networking International, known as BNI. Okay. Um, so I would read his book right off the bat. Are you a BNI guy? Are you in BNI? No, I was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now I have. I started my own networking group. Interesting. Um, okay. But I but I learned it all from Ivan Meisner and his system, um, and then I just changed it and manipulated it to to accommodate my smaller group. I didn't want a big group. I wanted a smaller group. Yeah. And um, but for five years, yeah, BNI. For sure, that helped me a lot. Um, that's how I met uh, Emily. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. not know that. Okay. Yep. And what's the what are the big takeaways from from his book? Like learning how to build relationships, just, learning how to be responsible, and and that if I'm going to get it's a, it's called giver's gain is the name of the book, yeah. and it means just that you want to gain something from somebody, you got to give something, you got to put something out there for them. If if I'm going to uh, refer you professionally, you got to earn it from me. I'm not just going to give it to you. We don't. We're not talking about money. Uh, there's no money. That's the key. The where I was from, where I grew up, there was a lot of hey, you know, I'll throw you 200 bucks. You're throwing me out of a referral there. I get that roofing job. I'll throw you 200 bucks. We had a lot of that. I don't like that stuff. I never did then either. Um, and now, if I refer you, if I refer a plumbing contractor to you, he knows better than to give me a referral fee. They know up front because I built relationships with them too. When we talk about networking, and I introduce you to somebody. I'm putting my response, my, my uh, professional reputation on the line, and I need to be considerate of your time, and I need to be considerate of their time. Therefore, there's a lot more things involved than, oh, you throw me $200, or I found you on Google, or whatever. There's got to be more involved to make it a high-end quality referral system. Now, things start working at a whole other level. So when I refer that electrician to you, I know what he looks like, I know how he acts, I know how he speaks, I know how he's gonna to respond to situations, I know what his equipment looks like. I'm very, very particular, so I wanna make sure that when a contractor shows up outside your window, there can't be any rust on that truck. That thing's gotta be clean. You should run through a car wash before you pull up to a client. Um, like, There's little things that are important to me, so I expect them out of you. That way, I don't have to be there. I know exactly what 
the client or you are going to see when that referral comes because that's a representative of me. That's a branch of me. Yeah. So you learn how to do that. You learn how to be professionally responsible to raise your game a little bit. Um, and, and that helped me huge. That was huge. When I learned how to do that um, and to really meet people, spend time with people before I engage with them in any sort of business, uh, it, it led out to a very cool path. Mm-hmm. Much better path. Yeah. Awesome. And what's the second book then? Oh, The Alchemist. Uh, it's one of my favorite go-tos. Uh, Paulo Coelho. So his name is Paulo Coelho. Uh, and uh, uh, The Alchemist is a classic philosophical. It's a very quick short read. Very short book. Mm-hmm. Very short read. Very philosophical. Um, but I think it, it affects... It's funny because it, the alchemist is about change mm-hmm. and, and, and the struggles that you go through to make change based on your environment. That's what alchemy is, based on the environment. Mm-hmm. So you can see the parallels really good. And it's a far-fetched story. It's, a, it's almost a sci-fi, silly story. But uh, it can change you when you're done. When you read it, you go, huh. And now the day that you're going to walk into and your routines and all the appointments you have, are probably going to be slightly different than they were before you read the book. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Right. The Alchemist. I'm going to read that. Yeah, it's, it's, dude, you can read it uh, uh, in like two hours. It's, it's a quick yeah. read. All right. Yeah. That's that's next on my list then. Have you have you heard of uh, Illusions, The Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah? It's by the same oh, guy that. I don't know, but it sounds good. It's Richard Bach. He wrote um, he wrote Jonathan Livingston Siegel. That sounds familiar um, too. It's both tiny books. This one's about a guy, about a barnstormer, which my understanding of one is in the 20s or like back in the early 1900s, um, these were guys that would fly like a single engine plane from town to town and just sell rides to farmers, basically. Sell rides? Yeah, they're, you know, five bucks to get a ride in the airplane. You know, it, it was like that, you know, it was a huge deal for people back then, you know. So, cool now, so it had to be huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this guy, um, you know, he's got this unique job that just takes him all over the Midwest or wherever he is, and just, that, that's what he does. Every day's different, and he runs into another, um, another guy who does the exact same thing. Uh-huh. Only there's something a little bit weird about him. The other guy's name is Donald Shimoda, and um, he's he's like, there's something weird about this guy. I don't know what's up. But he starts noticing small things, like this guy doesn't get bugs on his windshield. He doesn't ever change the oil on his airplane like and he can and he lands this huge airplane in a field that's like way too small to land that kind of airplane so he just sees all these things that like don't add up and he's like what's going on here so he kind of strikes up a friendship with the guy um and i don't want to tell you anything else but it's a, but it's a great it's a it, it, you can get it done in a day but talk about like how to deal with situations and the world and how you fall in it and and it's another one of those things where when you're out on your doing your stuff the next day, it's going to make you think a little bit differently. Yeah, and that can affect your decision making and how you address uh, situations and people. Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, no, good, good. No, that was a good one. We got, man. We got a couple of uh, books to read now. Um, okay. So let me see. Got a couple, just a couple more questions. What uh, What do you wish you knew when you got started being a business owner that you know now? Uh that's a cute question too because um, it's pretty simple. If I could go back and say, hey, listen, man, there's a niche for you. you got to find it. You don't have to be like that. I was under the assumption when I started that I was going to have to take on the role of the other inspectors that I was 
uh, familiar with, that I had learned from, that I was following, um, that uh, were in my classes and these contractors, and, and they were presenting a certain mentality, and I thought I was going to have to take that on. Uh, as I would do, I'm a chameleon. So whatever environment I'm in, I'm going to adapt to it, you know, and sometimes that's, that's really helpful. Um, in this case, I was just immediately going to adapt. And, and, and it took me a, a little over a year, maybe two years to find out I didn't have to do that, mm -hmm. that there was another, another path for me. So I would go back and go, dude, don't even worry about that. Don't waste any time trying to yeah. emulate these other inspectors mm. just be smart and then find your own place you know just learn all the, the material and and get the skills going find your own personality yeah um because i could have started that from day one you know save you a bunch of time it would save you a lot of time too and i think i probably would have retained some of those those relationships from my first two years if i had yeah yeah okay i like that but that's the only thing i could think of yeah, I mean, actually, this went really smooth for me, man. It, this whole thing was really... It was hard because for the first year, right, I probably didn't even know how I was going to pay the mortgage. We only had one income paying for everything, plus private school and everything. So we we were broke <laughs> for a year, yeah. you know? Um, and, and it was pretty stressful. So uh, how would you know that this is going to pay off eventually? Didn't. Why do it then? It's the hardest part of starting a business. Yeah. You don't know, man. It's uncertain. Yeah, I invested a ton of money. I took out my annuities from the union. I used all of that uh, to pay for all my classes and uh, and to pay some bills while I was studying because it, it took me a whole year. I did this for a whole year. Mm -hmm. um, this wasn't something I did in like six weeks, you know. And uh, so it was uncertain. Yeah. Yeah, there was no certainty that this was going to work. In fact, uh, I don't know if you remember the funny story about I switched devices. And the new device didn't understand my speech to text and it misspelled caulking several times. <laughs> like recommend new caulk and in, yeah. in, insufficient caulk yeah. and uh, uh, <laughs> deteriorated caulk. And it wasn't, it wasn't writing down C-A-U-L-K. Yeah, right. I didn't know. A few reports went out. Um, I, everyone else thought it was very funny. But for at least two nights, I couldn't sleep. I was so upset and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, all the money all the time, I'm committed to this and now I, this is, I, I got a bail, this isn't going to work and, and I had my old partner in my head going, dude, you can never make unprofessional decisions like that, don't ever, I had him in my head and, and, and you know, and you got to watch the details, you know, don't let those details squeak out, you'll ruin everything you started. I was like, I'm ruined! I was only in my year three, yeah. maybe four, maybe, it was just recently, huh. a couple years ago. It's very so what, embarrassing. Did, did you it's very a, fun for everybody else. Did you have the, the, the phone talking to you in an accent? No. Because oh. sometimes if you change if you change your phone to like a British accent, which I thought was cute, yep. it, it hears you as a Brit, so it mispronounces everything, so it records things oh, differently. Oh, no, no, it was just a new device. It's just a different device, all right. With Android, it takes a little while for it to get used to your speech. Gotcha. You know, okay, it, right. it takes a little while. And I wasn't, I was just so busy, I was just doing reports and sending them, it was a third one, and I caught it, and I'm like, ah! Is yeah. that what I said? <laughs> um, so yeah, the agents thought it was funny. The lawyers thought it was funny. I had to send a, I sent a letter, obviously, apologizing to everyone, including the buyers and everything. That was an oversight on my part. But of course, I thought this is I'm, I'm screwed. Right. What am I going to do? You know, I'm yeah. going to have to go back to installing. And and then even when I was remodeling places, uh, I never made really good money doing that. Mm -hmm. And my wife was like, "Dude, you got to stop. Yeah, yeah, do something else because you're not making any money doing this." Yeah, you know. So then, it, so you just kept on chugging along, and then at some point, like, did you did you know, like, all right, now there's no looking back. Yes. What what, what where was that point? About two years ago. And like, 
what was it that made you just, was it just a feeling or was it like a thing that happened? Yeah, um, it was when I figured out I had an itch. Yeah. Yeah, it was when okay. I started hearing from brokers uh, and getting letters from buyers. Because buyers send me emails. Dude, that's the best. That's, that makes my freaking day. And, 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 uh, uh, and, and my days are pretty filled with some pretty cool, chopped up and cool stuff. Uh, but one thing that can the top them all is that letter from a client. Just saying like, hey, thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the nice. letter going, we were really nervous <clears throat> and now we're excited. That's all I want to hear. You were nervous. Now you're excited. You're not. You're not afraid of, of home ownership because home ownership, man, it's it's gonna keep you busy. It's a big responsibility. It's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, you either pay somebody else to do it, or you're gonna do it, or a mix. But be ready. You got to be ready for it. So I like getting them ready because now they're not freaked out and they're prepared. They're not freaked out. They're prepared and excited. So that's the letter I like getting. Yeah. That's yeah. Because then right I'm there. like, this is my this is my job, man. Yeah. This is what I'm meant to do. Okay. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, two more questions. What's your biggest struggle and how can, how can our listeners help? Oh man, that's funny because, um, again, I have no struggles on this right now. Yeah. Um, I guess the only thing I would, I, I, how anybody can help would feedback, feedback. I love feedback. I'm not afraid of it. I, I feed off of it. I need it. I hate the thought of thinking that I could be doing something better. And nobody's telling me, mm-hmm. you know, don't let me know that uh, my, this goes back to grammar school, high school. Um, don't hold out on me with teachers. I used to tell my teachers all the time. I'm like, don't, ah, don't, don't hold out. I need to know as much as you do before I walk out of this room. So with buyers, I would think the same thing or, or, or agents, uh, the people that I build relationships with. Feedback's good. I'm not going to get offended. Just say, hey, you could probably say this better. You could say this differently. I didn't like when you did this. Because um, what's worse is me thinking, wow, these people not telling me because there's no way I'm this good. Yeah. There's no way. Mm. Uh, so I need a little bit of feedback. That, that way I can get that good. Okay. Yeah. All right, right on. Um, and then final one is this whole podcast. I don't know. It was probably 40, 45 minutes, something like that. Um, sum it up in a sentence. Our success is not only varied based on what we yearn for and need in our lives, but really based on the path that you personally take to get there, whether it was goal-oriented or happenstance, it's an individual path. I don't think that we all are on the same path. Right on. That's that's awesome. Right on. Thanks a lot, John. Yeah, good topic, man. Thanks. Yeah. That was John Terry of Jade Stone Home Inspections, who I highly recommend if you need a home inspector anywhere near Chicagoland. Thanks for joining us, John. If you'd like his contact information or have someone you think should be on this podcast, please send me an email at getonmylawnpodcast at gmail.com. That's getonmylawnpodcast at gmail.com. I hope you had as much fun listening to this as I did recording it. And I look forward to seeing your ears again soon. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you'll join us for the next episode of Get On My Lawn. I'm Ben Klein. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.